Today on the Dad the Best I Can show. Seven. So, you, I mean, you're really just entering this, like this is going to be the best time or whatever. And I'll even set, I mean, this may sound totally corny, but I'll set alarms on my phone sometimes just to be like, all right, tomorrow at 10, if it's the weekend, say it's like Friday night, I'll set an alarm for like Saturday at 10. Cause I know by that time I'll be like yelling at one of the kids and just to like chill out and take somebody on a bike ride or whatever, because it, it, in the heat of it, it's pretty tough. Right. But Really, it's going by super, super fast, and I know they'll be in college soon, and then they'll, and I won't be able to see them and hug them every day, and it's, um, and I'll wish I had these days back. So I want to make every one of these days as, as, as positive as I can, you know. Welcome to the Dad, the Best I Can show. My name is Rob Roseman, who wants to be a millionaire legend, Chicago futures trader, Vegas poker pro. Now I'm a dad to three kids, ages seven, five, and two. Phew. Wears me out just thinking about it. Each week we bring on high-performing dads like you. Entrepreneurs like Jesse Itzler. CEOs like David Cancel from Drift.com. Athletes like Ken Rideout. Best-selling children's authors like Zach Bush. To tell us your stories, your dad tips and tricks. To help all of us make it through dad life. We have a brand new website over at dadthebestican.com. Go on over to dadthebestican.com and sign up with your email. It's 100% free, of course. Be the first to hear brand new dad guests and get weekly dad tips in your inbox. Okay, enough out of me. On to today's show. All right, welcome to the Dad the Best I Can show. Today we are lucky to be joined by Ike Fote. Ike, how's it going today? It's going great. Thanks for having me. This is a special day. I have to tell you, there is not many things. There are not many things I dislike more than those Facebook birthday messages that you always see pop up. But today, I hopped on and I saw today is Isaac Fote's birthday. So instead of writing some bullshit happy birthday message on your wall like fifty of your other so-called friends, I thought let's get Ike on the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Happy birthday, Hike. So Facebook Facebook is useful after all. It is. It is to hear some uh, birthday wishes from people you haven't seen since seventh grade band. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're on. I'm glad you're on. It's nice to connect. Ike, we go way back. We traded together on the floor of the Chicago Merc back in like the millennium. Is that right? That's, uh, yeah, probably the early 2000s was when we were there together. I feel like that was like six years ago, you know, the millennium around then. Is that, do, you, do you feel that way too, or does that seem like what it, what it actually is 20 years ago? No, I, I still think I'm in my 30s, and I still think it's like 1995 or something. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That was a good year. You don't feel like it though now, huh? You, uh, what, you get a little banged up at the gym today? You know, I get banged up just, just, just standing now. I mean, it's, <laughs> I've pulled more muscles in the last year than I have in, you know, the, probably the previous 40 years. It's just, um, I didn't expect it to come so quick, but yeah, I'm, uh, how old are you? Being old, you know, 46 today. 46. You look like you're 36. So good job. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yes. So Ike, you're a dad. How old are your kids now? I have a 12 year old, Emily a 10-year-old Isaac, and a 7-year-old Caleb. So, girl, boy, boy. That seems like good ages. 
It's great. Um, I was listening to one of your uh, podcasts the other day and the guy was talking about the golden age. And yeah, I think that for me is, you know, like five to 10 or something like that. Um, those are the times to really not miss because they can, the kids can talk and tell you what they want to do and they're real people and they uh, haven't gotten too cool for school yet to where they, you know, will leave you behind because uh, Billy or Sally called, you know. Right, right. They they still want to hang out with dad. The friends haven't uh, taken over yet. I saw you. We were we visited you in Chicago actually, and you you were riding around. You throw your kids in the uh, what's it called? The sidecar. You've got a motorcycle with a sidecar. I do. I have a 2012 Ural uh, Russian motorcycle with a sidecar, and we've logged a lot of miles with the uh, kids and dog in the side of that. That is like a kid's dream. That was my dream. That was really fun. So you got to you got to put some videos of that out there. All right. Yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, we're um, being this close to the lake and that shortened, you know, summer season from living in Chicago. It's just you want to be outside and in in the wind for as much as you can during those months when it's actually nice out. Driving by the uh, Home Alone house. Aren't you right down the street from that? Yeah, you can walk to the Home Alone house from uh, from from here. We're not you can drive to. 16 Candles and Ferris Bueller's and all those John Hughes movies were made uh, up right around here. As you know, probably from uh, from Brad's high school, I think, was uh, Breakfast Club was filmed at. Yeah, you could, your kids could be starring in those movies soon once they get to high school. Yeah, I love those movies, all of them. So you've done a, we talked a lot about the two kid to three jump and how it's underrated and kind of not really talked about. And you... You told me a great story that your friend told you. Can you uh, can you tell everybody out there that story? Oh, the um, yeah. So, well, you. I think you don't um, know that. I, I certainly am not a planner. I didn't think this through. I just did whatever my wife said, and um, it is great because we have the three kids that I love a ton. Um, you know, but it it is definitely harder to have three than two and it's and it's not linear it's definitely exponential um for me anyway so when there's um only two of them here and the other one's somewhere safe for a few hours then it's just like kind of like the, the clouds part and the and the birds are singing and my wife and i are smiling at each other and just uh i don't know i mean we're just like man this is this is what normal people do um <laughs> And so, you know, right when the third, it doesn't matter which two it is, but when the third one hops in, there's poking and, and yelling and, you know, just stuff. It's just harder. Three is harder, you know, um, for everything. So anyway, some of these younger guys, I feel like I'm probably pretty good birth control for the young guys that work with me um, just because they hear a few of the dads, like basically you're just complaining because that's your, you know, a place you can go and to work and complain to other, other like-minded individuals. So they're like, man, something having kids sounds terrible. Um, I'm like, no, no, it's not, not that just stop it too. Um, so, but anyway, we were, the story I think you're referring to is I was out at, uh, Isaac's baseball practice, my middle son. And, um, I was talking to another father, uh, that is, has kids and genders the exact same age as, as me. And I was telling the story about how some of the young guys at work, um, hear, hear me complaining. Um, and, so, you know, so I 
the funny part of the story was that he never looked at me. He was just looking out of the kids playing baseball and his gaze was, was fixed out there. And I said, do you ever tell any of the young guys that work for you, um, you know, how hard it is to have three kids and, and they should think, you know, think about it, before, you know, to make sure they have the correct amount of kids they can handle. And uh, he di didn't even look at me. He just kept looking straight ahead and he, and he goes, ah, fuck it. Nobody ever told us. So, <laughs> uh, I love that. I can picture know, that scene in the bleachers, the little league game, just the dad, just enjoying the quiet and just like, right. right nobody told us. So learn for yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's just, I mean, and then people around me have four kids and six kids and everything else. So I don't know at what point, it, it reaches equilibrium and you just don't care anymore. You just, maybe the other kids are helping out. I don't know. I'm not sure, but um, three is tough for me, but it, it is also awesome now that they're um, old, you know, that Caleb's seven and can get himself dressed and, and do more stuff on his own. It, re it really is. Um, it is fun having, having all five of us. Yeah. I mean, you hear that so much, how the, you know, the time flies and all that, but I wanted to interview these people when they had kids that were like uh five, three, one all together. It was, it's chaos. It's obviously it is a long-term investment and the fun only get it only gets more fun, but right. It's like, I try to remind myself every day just because I do, my daughter is now like almost as tall as me. She's, and even just like, you know, for example, my background on my phone or something is a picture of her from a year or two ago where she's almost unrecognizable to now. So it is just going by super fast. So we, I do make a conscious effort to just whatever, like last night it was 30 something degrees and my son wanted to go throw the baseball at the park and I really didn't want to go. I mean, it was really cold and I was just like, I'm going, it, you know, whenever they ask me to do something, can you, this morning you wanted me to ride my bike uh, to school with him and like, so he could ride his bike and I just say yes. I mean, I just, you know, this will be gone instantly. And really in life, what else is there? You know what I mean? Besides, besides your family, there's really not, when it all gets boiled down, that's what you're going to remember when, you know, when you're 80 or 90 or dead. And so I just try to say yes to, to whatever and um, enjoy it. I mean, you know what I mean? But I know what you're saying it, it in the moment when somebody has dumped an icy down your back and you're about to run off the road and everything else. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's great it's great advice because i think that's the thing you always hear people uh, you know on your deathbed you're never going to look back at how much money you made this and that you're going to look back about your family and those experiences but that's true but it almost can sound like cliche right so i think the way to do it is right like you're saying say yes to everything but also maybe lower your expectations or realize that when you're saying yes to go and play baseball in 30 degrees at seven o'clock at night it might suck, right? <laughs> but when you get home yeah, or the I mean, next day, the memory is great and you're glad you did it. But it doesn't mean you're like not a little bit miserable when you're out there doing it, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's just life, though. I mean, I was talking to this guy that sits next to me at work about, you know, vacations. He just, I don't know, he, he he's single and goes on a lot of vacations. Or not single, but he doesn't have kids. And I think the planning for it's really fun. And then when you get there, you're like hiking up some Hawaiian volcano, sweating your ass off and you know, whatever. And I, I don't think in the minute it's always as fun. And then I think when you get home, you're really glad to be home. And then a few weeks later, you look at the pictures and you're like, that was the best time ever. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure the reality is always matches the buildup and the afterglow of the, you know what I mean? Does that make right. sense? Well, but knowing that is what makes you say yes. You know, it's easier to say no, like just go watch TV. Right. And that's what we do a sure. lot, you know, and 
you know, I think I, we have this impression of some of these like super parents that are just like fired up to go, you know, ride the bike to school at 6.30 a.m. with their kids. And actually, it's not like that. It it kind of sucks, but you're still creating a memory and you're going to look back as it being awesome. So that's good advice. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And I think it's helpful for, for other people to hear. I wish more people would tell me that like, oh, yeah, what you're doing sucks, but it's also awesome. Like they can they're not mutually exclusive, right? They're not. I mean, I think one thing that I talk to my wife about a lot is, it, I, I mean, not like I'm some smarty pants and, and read all the time or whatever, but I just, I read a lot of, uh, I read a lot. I just always have. I've read a nonfiction, like just for like the last 20 years. I just, that's what I like to read. And I think that the American or maybe Western way of life of thinking that every that everything's supposed to be like happy and perfect all the time is just uh it's tough it's it's tough to live up to when you you know read or look at stuff from the dutch or other the dutch just jumped out because i remember reading an article about them when why they're like yeah i don't know why americans think that every day should be filled with like skydiving and just like constant highs you know it's just there's a lot of life where you're just slugging through it and like you said, I think if you just realize that, then it's a lot more helpful than just thinking every day has to be something planned. It has to be when kids come over, we have to put out painting supplies and, um, you know, have special snacks and everything. I don't, when I was a kid, you didn't do that. You know, you just went over to your buddy's house until their parents told you to leave. Cause they're like, all right, we're eating. You need to leave now. And <laughs> you know what I mean? It right. just, everything wasn't so planned. So I think that I think I've gotten a better grasp on that in like the last two years or something of just knowing that everything doesn't have to be perfect. Every day doesn't have to be like super planned and everything. And, you know, it, it, I think it's helpful to keep that into perspective. Yeah. Oh, that is really, I mean, we, without even touching on social media, how even knowing that that is like staged and everything, if you're on social media, that's going to get in your head that what you're doing is, you know, not as fun or your kids aren't excelling. So, right. You, you do need that like constant reinforcement that, sometimes it's just going to be boring or shit's going to go wrong. Right. You need to like, yeah, I don't know. Mind. I don't know about the social media thing because it's on Facebook and stuff. It's, it seems to me like everyone I know their kid is a hockey champion and won first place in state at um, gymnastics. So I'm not sure if like everyone is the best at everything or, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot right. of trophies and a lot of, uh, really super awesome vacations and stuff like that so um yeah it's tough it's tough to look at everything like that and not um think that that's how life's supposed to be all the time right and it doesn't have to be negative right it's like oh that's a negative or cynical way to look at things and you're like no it's actually a practical way to look at things so you can you know have a better life instead of being disappointed at all these times so I think it is. Sure, for sure, for sure. So speaking of awesome trips, I imagine it was amazing. I don't know what the reality was like, but you told me a little bit about a road trip you took with your kids this past summer. What You guys were going to baseball stadiums across the country. What was that like? Yeah, it was great. I mean, um, this was the a year when the kids um, didn't go to summer camp. Like, um, not they don't, they don't go to stay away camp, but like... Um, they go to a camp up here and I was just looking how much it costs. And I was like, Oh my God, if the kids didn't go to that camp, I could take them for a month and go um, wherever and go do something awesome. So we started just kind of planning um, 
my son's really into baseball um, and I'm not a big sports guy, but that's now gotten me into baseball. Um, I mean, I'd rather watch a little league game than, than a pro game, but he still, he loves it. And so I'm learning a lot more about it and it's, and it's pretty cool. So um, once he got out of baseball for the summer, we, I just started planning the trip and my wife is definitely the planner and the smart person in the family. So for me to go plan this totally on my own, we were gone for, you know, around 40 days. Um, and we drove about almost 6,000 miles. So just the, the three, me and Emily and Isaac. And so that is one thing that we learned, which is, um, worth mentioning on your podcast, I think, is that we a few years ago decided that it's everybody doesn't have to go together everywhere all the time. So when Lisa wants to go see a Harry Potter play or something that's not going to interest me at all, then Caleb and I stay home and she takes the older two and they go to New York and, you know, all three of them love that, but there's no reason for Caleb and I to get dragged to that or whatever. So mm -hmm. um, we've split up for uh, some vacations recently and it's been helpful so but my wife would have no lisa would have no interest in just that kind of vacation of moving your stuff around every night and stuff like that and my youngest son um loses interest in baseball games with within the first couple pitches he just starts asking when it's going to be over so um for this one we went um we went to kansas city and saw a royals game and then we went to arizona um and saw Diamondbacks game and went to the Padres, the Dodgers, the Angels, um, the That's Athletics, awesome. the Giants, and then the Rockies on the way home. And so it mixed in there. We went to a bunch of cool stuff, went to Huntington Beach, and the kids went surfing and went to the Grand Canyon and huge meteor crater and Mesa Verde. We spent uh, some time at Mesa Verde. I remember that as a kid climbing around in all the Indian you know, the cliff dwellings and stuff. So that was, yeah. um, so yeah. And then, uh, we ended up with a, went for about 10 days and met my wife and youngest in Breckenridge. Um, nice. so, so that was, uh, yeah. it sounds like an amazing trip, but I'm sure during it, you were like, what the hell are we doing? A few, you had your moments, you know, Oh, we went to Vegas too. We went and saw three, we saw the Michael Jackson, the Beatles in uh Mastier and, um, in a Matt Franco while we were there. So that was awesome. Um, but yeah, no, to tell you the truth, I mean, to be brutally honest, it was um, with one adult in charge and only two kids. Um, there was, it, it was, uh, it was really great. There wasn't a lot of, um, there wasn't really any yelling. Uh, we didn't do any electronics in the car. Uh, so we listened to a bunch of Emily's summer reading list, uh, books on tape. And uh, yeah, it was it wasn't it was not terrible there was there weren't right. any real uh right. like you were saying moments. too splitting up the kids is definitely helpful sometimes splitting up the adults is good too right it's like sometimes it's almost more empowering and easier when it's just you it's a totally different experience you're not relying on your wife to plan and do and you're like oh we got this let's right it, yeah exactly i mean my wife's um you know she's a physician and went to northwestern and just very um organized smart person and she plans everything out well ahead of time. Like if she finds a house that she liked for spring break, she'll go ahead and book it for the next two years. And she's just very, very organized. So it's really tough for her to wake up in, you know, Phoenix. And I say, okay, well, we're, we got to get, we're going to see a baseball stadium tour, go to the game, 
it's over probably at 11 at night and we need to be in San Diego by noon tomorrow for the next game. And so she would, that to her would freak her out where she, you know, is like, well, where are we going to stay? Are we going to leave after the game? And if it's just one, me making the decisions, I can just judge and say how tired of the kids or let them just eat sunflower seeds and bubble gum in the back seat and not worry about, you know what I mean? So that freedom of just having one, one boss is, um, it's helpful or whatever. And we're doing a big one this summer. I just finished planning. We're going to be gone for a little over 40 days. Uh, we're going to go to 11 parks on the East coast. Um, and then go up through Canada to Montreal and Quebec city and throw in some cool, uh, stuff like, um, Williamsburg and Jamestown and Monticello and the stuff that they're learning about in school right now. So hopefully this one turns out as well as last year. That's awesome. Good for you. Like you're doing more at 46 than, uh, than most people are. So that's awesome. Let's, let's hit you with a few, uh, rapid fire questions. I've always wanted to hear your answers to, are you ready? Well, yeah, I'm going to have to preface this with, I've listened to this on all of your podcasts. And I think some of these, I think you're going to be disappointed with my answer because it's, uh, but but let's go through, go through them and see. All right. What is the best live concert you've ever seen? Best live concert I've ever seen. This is not very rapid fire, but. um, I'll cut it up. So it sounds like, you know what you're talking about. Okay. Thanks. Um, yeah, I wasn't prepared for this one. Um, Got to keep you to keep uh, you on your toes. There's right. yeah, I don't know. Think it over. Think. Do, it over. do we have to, do we have to answer that one? No, no. You could say pass. What is your favorite dramatic movie ever? Well, it's definitely Shawshank Redemption. What is your favorite comedy movie ever? Well, this is the the question I had a problem with because I think it's. Can I answer 10 instead of one? Sure. You can give me three. How about that? I can't even give you three. I mean, it's two. (laughs) It's these. I mean, all right, just fire. I love, I love you telling me. Yeah. I mean, if you're sitting there and you don't have anywhere to be, your kids aren't bothering you and Fletch, Caddyshack, weird science, along came Polly, American pie, super bad. There's something about Mary old school, (laughs) Ferris Bueller's day off, meet the parents. Are you going to not watch any of those? Amazing. Yes, that was, you can keep going. That was great. Well, outside of the comedy genre, I mean, if if Shawshank Redemption, Grease, Real Genius, Breakfast Club, Valley Girl, Goodwill Hunting, Some Kind of Wonderful, Can't Buy Me Love, I'm kind of the rom-com. You know, I'll watch any of those anytime they're on. So it's really tough for me to um, to pick one, yeah. I like it. We, Same with we're... food. That's why I couldn't answer your last last meal question because it's there's just too, too many great things from uh, Mexican food to to pizza to lobster and steak you know just it depends on the day i guess yeah we were we were looking which we spend a lot of time searching on netflix what should we watch and we just saw a 40 year old version pop up and we're like we haven't seen this in a while let's watch it and it was the best like 90 minutes unbelievable amazing oh it's so good who is your favorite stand-up comedian right now i really like uh bill burr so you've done the major league baseball tour and now you're getting into baseball. If you were a major league baseball player, what would be your walkout song? You were coming to hit Ike vote. What are they playing? I feel like, uh, maybe like thunderstruck by ACDC. Oh, I was going to guess ACDC for you. That's a good one. 
make that happen. All right. Good answers, Ike. Good answers. Any other questions you wanted to answer of those? Uh, no, those are, th th those are good. I enjoy listening to all your, uh, I think they're fun. I feel like uh, if I don't know anybody and you tell me your favorite comedy comedy movie and I agree with it, like I like you a lot more already. So, yeah, those are all good. Those are all good ones, you know. But um, they're they're all good ones. So, I love comedy movies. I just I, I just love them. Yeah, yeah. Angie Angie's always like, "What do you want to watch?" And I'm like, "Something light. I need something that's gonna make me laugh. That's usually our pick." Yeah, I don't want to cry. I cry enough in real life. I don't want to cry. Pay money to go to the movies and cry, you know. Let's take a quick break for our dad tip of the week brought to you by Kickstart Reading. Do you have kids between the ages of three and six? I've got two boys, and when my older son was going into kindergarten, my wife and I quickly learned that we had no idea how to teach him how to read. We found Kickstart Reading and watched one two-minute video together, and you could see his confidence take off. Bonus, I felt like dad of the year. Here's another dad talking about how Kickstart Reading is helping his boys learn how to read. Hey there, this is Chris Heller, and I'm a big fan of Kickstart Reading. Each morning before school, I show a video to my four-and-a-half-year-old son, and now his little two-year-old brother is getting in on the action as well. I'm a big fan of the videos. Highly consumable and engaging for young boys. Definite recommend for all parents out there who are looking to get their kids off to the right start with reading. Kickstart Reading. Go to kickstartreading.com and use the code DAD to get 65% off right now. That's D-A-D, DAD. See? It works. Kickstartreading.com. Now back to the show. All right, Ike, so we like to do one DAD tip of the week. Do you have a tip? You've given us a lot, but do you have any other tips out there for other dads? Yeah, I do. I mean... It'll, again, it'll be hard to condense it into one, but I think the um, one thing that's helped us is um, you can always, <laughs> I'm laughing a little bit, is, is taking, threatening to take something away when you can actually mean it, I think is helpful. Um, if you know that you're at the amusement park, or whatever, and you keep threatening your kids that you're going to go home and you just got there and you just paid like 90 bucks to go, you're, you know, that's not real, you know, so I feel like my wife and I have a few times been like when we already want to go home from the park or are already ready to leave somewhere, then we'll throw out the threat knowing that we can, um, you know, follow through on it. Mm -hmm. And that is, uh, I think a good, good enforcer to show kids that, you know, that you're not just going to, that you're not just all talk or whatever. So, I mean, we've, we've done really well, I think in the last maybe year being smart, of not letting the kids totally run the family. Cause I think it's so easy to do just like cater to these little monsters. If mm -hmm. you're not careful and let a seven year old decide where you're going to go to dinner or, <laughs> you know, whatever. And so I think it's just, it's in, it's in everybody's best interest to know who's in charge. Um, that's good. You know, that's I think good. that's, that's helpful. Um, and then one thing I did, I don't know if there's time for it, but that I wanted to talk to you about, cause I think this is like one thing that I've been, really good with with all three of my kids it's only stuck to two of them but was with dealing with finances and i feel like that's something that um i don't oh, know if you've well, talked to any i'd love to hear i know one dad got his daughter uh like a checking card that like her allowance goes on there and he's like i was like oh we might start to do that too but yeah i'd love to hear because i'm taking notes this i got to start learning all these things too the tooth fairy just came and we were 
already we were struggling to figure that out so let's hear it we give a dollar for the tooth tooth fairy whereas some kids i think get five and 20 um oh no i got four quarters i was scrambling uh my wife was out of town and i actually had no cash on me i went to the uh his coin jar took four quarters out and i hope he never listens to this but well the, the one thing i think that my sister and i laugh about she's two years older than me but that um that she thinks the best thing our parents ever did for us was to raise us to think that we were like destitute. I mean, like when we went to the movies, we always brought popcorn with us. We <laughs> like, we only, my mom was a great cook and my dad had a big garden and stuff, but we only ate out. Like that was a pretty special thing to do. So we never flew like first, like a ski vacation. Not that we were, you know, we were definitely middle-class, but just, I think that instilling, um, that and it's really tough where we live because we live in in a in a um pretty affluent um suburb of chicago where that there's not people aren't really wanting for stuff so i think the big danger is for for us anyway is to let kids my kids think that this is normal that um you know that that kids have ipads when they're six years old that they have a thousand dollar ipad and if they break it they get another one or whatever so that is something that we've really tried to be just brutally honest with our kids about saying like to live in this neighborhood is going to be tough. Like there's probably a good chance that none of you will live here. So <laughs> it's, um, and then about debt, I think the, the thing that we've really hammered home is, which is trying to teach them about interest. I tell my kids, okay, if you get money and you want to save it, I'll give you 10% interest, but you have to leave it in the bank for a year. So they, when they get 50 bucks or something for their birthday from grandma, and we take it to the bank, we go up there together and I pull $5 out of my wallet and put it with their 50 and they can see, they can see that, that they're getting something for leaving it in there. So they understand how interest works and they understand, I think, I mean, we'll see if it sticks, but um, I heard Isaac with his two nephews um, when we were on vacation together talking to him and this might freak you out a little bit because it freaked me out a little bit but they were talking about buying Legos and they're like well I can't keep any money in my bank account right when I get money I buy I want to buy Legos or whatever and Isaac he was nine at the time goes well you know when you buy those things it releases chemicals in your brain that make you feel good but those chemicals wear off and then you have to buy something else if you want to feel good again. And at the end of it, you don't have any money. So sometimes you're better just saving your money. And, you know, in a couple of years, you'll have a bunch of money in the bank. Wow. How old is he? He's 10 now. But that's like what I've really tried, you know, because I've tried to explain to him that like being, they always say in the books and everything. And, and I don't know if people believe it, but I'm really starting to believe it as I get older is that, you know, not being able to pay your bills and stuff like that, or not being able to buy a new bat for your kid if you for little league stinks. But then once you get to that level, I, and I think you and I talked about this last time you're in town is the, the incremental happiness doesn't really go up, you know, as long as you can, you know, take your wife to Applebee's and go see a movie and not worry if it's a matinee, I think you kind of made it, you know? Um, and then anything over that is, is doesn't really bring much happiness but to be underneath that is really terrible so i've really tried to explain to them that um you know if, if somebody gets a flat tire or has their engine needs 500 repairs that a lot of uh, people in america can't they have to borrow money from somewhere that's like a that's a crisis in their house and for them to i think that's you know doing them a real disservice to not understand that um and to go out to high school or college just thinking that it that everything is like it is up here, you know. So 
anyway, that's, that's our take. How do you teach them that they can't just, I mean, that's what we do, right? Or a lot of people do borrow money, you know, you just put it on the, even the credit card, they say, how does that work? And it almost sounds too good to be true, like magical. Like, how are you? And I love the thing with the, the chemicals in his brain. That's amazing. Like I, I could study that too, but we've talked to them a lot about it. I mean, just they understand how interest works. My two older ones understand how interest work. They understand how a bank makes money, but, and I don't know if people are supposed to do this, but I am brutally honest with them about like when they're like, Oh, it's only 40 bucks to do this or whatever. I'm like, okay, well, you know, the nice lady that always checks us out at, at the grand at the grocery store in our neighborhood that we walk to, like, how much do you think she makes a day? And so I try to have them aware of like, what is, how much can you make being a school teacher? How can you, how much can you make working at various jobs? And I think that's important to them to know that like, okay, if that lady makes, you know, a hundred bucks a day, 70 after taxes, then can she afford to go buy a $200 baseball bat for a kid or whatever? So I think, um, you know, that that's a, that's a substantial portion of, of her take home income is to, to buy something. So I don't, you know, it's just crazy to, you know, I'm sure it's the same with people that you've run around with or whatever, when they, you know, go buy four tickets to a hockey game, it's a thousand bucks or something insane um, that people think that that's normal or that that's like sustainable. Um, it, but it's hard to not take the kids to do stuff. So, you know, I mean, I want them to understand what, what a $250 hockey ticket actually means to, to different um, wage earners and that that's not realistic to go to, something that costs that much or whatever. So I think they've done pretty. Even though you have it, even though you guys have it and you live in this neighborhood is, I mean, that could be confusing too. They're like, yeah, but we are this, you're kind of saying. It is, but they know like when we go, the times that we've gone to the, we've gone to three hockey games and one of them, we went with the Cub Scouts and the last two we went to, we got tickets from, you know, like a clearinghouse or a, somebody gave them to me, but I make sure he knows that I'm, I'm like, there, under no circumstances would I pay $250 to bring you to a hockey game. There's, there, I don't care how much money I had. There's no, there's just no chance I do that. It's not worth it to me. So he knows that when we go on something super fancy like that, it's, you know, it's usually, um, it, because it was a, uh, you know, gift or something from, from work or, or you know what I mean? But that to me is it's dangerous. I mean, it's, it's super dangerous for kids to think that buying something will make you feel okay, or that you should have a new phone right when they come out too. He'll be like, well, why don't you get the new phone? Why is yours two generations old? And I, I just want him to know that, you know, if he looks up to me to know that, well, I don't need that one. It's not important to me. I would rather, um, and then we'll try to, you know, even put it on paper. I mean, they're not going to teach somebody when they're six that, but when they're 10, they can understand um, with compound interest, what if, what if you buy a thousand dollar phone or what if I leave that until, you know, I retire, or I die and leave that to him and it's 10 grand or whatever. So they compounding interest and all that, I think is just really important. And then, and knowing, I think that these, the, the newness of all this wears off and what you were mentioning about social media, that's the same thing. My daughter was on Instagram for like a week and, and I said, you know, it's really bad for adults and for kids to you know to see to to crave these likes or this this um acceptance from people that yeah and and but to not just tell them that but to explain to them that look you're getting norepinephrine and dopamine and these things are leaked onto your brain and everybody feels that it's like when you win a race or when you you know get a question right in front of a bunch of people or whatever these these pleasure senses go off in your brain but you get dulled over time. And so 
you put up a picture of you and your puppy and now you're constantly looking back over the next couple hours to see if people that you like at school liked it or whatever. And so I think the more they understand the science behind it of, of why it's dangerous, not just saying this is bad, you shouldn't want to do that. Um, it, it, they're smart. Kids are smart, you know? And so to treat them, to teach, you know? Well, they say the most powerful thing, you know, when you're trying to persuade somebody is to use the word because, right? Explain why. And then even, if, even no matter what the reason is, right? Not just this is bad. Right. Give a reason. And man, we could all learn from this. You know, I have that. I experienced that same oh, for thing. Sure. And that's really Absolutely. the hardest thing, too, is like we're using these devices. So I like half the time feel like a hypocrite. But right. Trying to, you know, learn. I'm it definitely and, guilty. Yeah. You know, and so but, but that's the thing that worries me about, like the little guys that play iPads and stuff all the time and not a game like Fortnite or something where you're playing for hours or whatever. But like those little games where they're just trying to collect some kind of coins or whatever and it's just constantly dripping dopamine on your brain or whatever and so we're pretty good with that what do you guys do with electronics are you are you electronics family um you know it's a fight in our house we've tried to get it to weekends only they'll play like the dumb amazon games that are also kind of like these coin things i bought on the old nintendo that i used to play i was like oh this will be a little slower and even that once i got it after a day i was like First of all, this is hard for six and five year olds. Second of all, I was like, it's the same thing. I was like, we're, I mean, did we suffer from this? Like, was our childhood that different? I think these games, maybe it's just like being a parent now. I think the games are designed to be more addictive and probably hit that dopamine to get you playing more. But right, I don't know. I mean, on some hand, we're just like, we were kids too. We played games. And now I'm like, yeah, it's confusing, right? I loved games when I was a kid. I mean, one kid, one or two kids in the neighborhood would have the like good gaming system and we'd ride our bikes over there and watch one guy play like, you know, Ultima or wizardry or like different. And then obviously the count you're younger than me, but then the council games came out. And of course those were fun too, but I, I feel like it's different. I feel like playing call of duty or something. I don't care if my kids play that, but I really hate the like pointless or seemingly pointless to me anyway, games where they're just, you like collecting, they just press a, it. There's no real skill or point to it. You just press something and I'll see my, my youngest son. He's the one that always wants to play those. So it's, I think that's, yeah, it's, it's scary because they, they have a hard time looking away from them. It's good you know. to hear because I think a lot of parents, I'm guilty of this too. We kind of group everything together. Well, that's just the way things are now. And I'm like, there's a difference between playing this game and this game. So even finding those nuances, hopefully that can be, helpful that we're aware of yeah i'll look up sometimes and i'll be like what are you this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen like you want to go play super mario brothers i'd rather watch oh yeah lisa's lisa's like she so she doesn't allow any electronics during the week at all um but then on the weekends they go overload they're up at six in the morning um (laughs) and they want to play Fortnite or whatever but when they watch like youtube guys (laughs) my wife can't understand it she's just like not technology person and she's she's like watch a cartoon i want to see like a cat hitting a mouse with a hammer or something mm-hmm. i don't want to see a guy with blue hair and an english accent that made nine million bucks last year like playing you know right. Right. super mario kart or whatever so I, I mean we do try to watch like just get movies from the library and stuff but it it's pretty frightening i mean the amount of kids that like can't even go watch some like their sister's volleyball game or something without just having an ipad like glued to their face it's yeah. So we're trying, you know, we try to not be, to not fall in it, but it's, you know, like you said, it's hard on us. Yeah. Well, I, I find there's like 
this whole abstinence. I have a couple friends that like, oh, we don't even have screens in the house. My kids don't watch TV. And I'm like, that's amazing, but that's not us. We're not pulling that off. So I also, yeah, where is the middle ground can we find? But is it, is it amazing? I mean, I, I love TV and I loved TV when I was a kid. Dukes of Hazard would come on or Knight Rider. I mean, wait once a week for those to come on. And it was, it was awesome. I mean, I feel like there has to be some middle ground where like, you don't have to be all or nothing. And, and it's hard for a parent. It's hard for us to figure what that is because we're not aware of a lot of this stuff. So that's why hearing what other people are doing is helpful. I do think having like just drawn a line with some stuff. I mean, with certain kids, I mean, every kid's different, right? So if it's a kid that's just going to push directly back on you, but my, my daughter saw how upset we were when she got Instagram and she just deleted it herself. I was like, I don't need an account or whatever and got rid of it herself or whatever. And I was happy about that. Um, you know, it's just, there are some things that kids, in my opinion, you know, you don't want a six year old, like watching an iPad while you're trying to eat dinner out somewhere. Um, so we don't do it, but you know, for maybe the other people, they can't even finish their meal without letting it happen. So, and so why do you, you think ju- that's you know. bad? So that's what a lot of people ourselves sometimes we're guilty of. Like, what do you think the problem with that is? I mean, I think the problem is that you, I mean, when I was a kid, we ate dinner every night at six o'clock as a family and then TV was never on. And I'm certainly not saying that that's, you know, the only way to do it, but cause I love watching TV and eating or whatever, but it, it's, my wife still does that, you know, with our family, like we don't ever have the TV on. I don't know. It's just, it's sad. I guess it makes her sad also to just see a kid not engaged with the other people at the table um, and just kind of escape, escape into that. I think that's what they're doing. You know, it's easier for parents. I mean, I get why parents give the kids the iPad. I do it too. Sometimes when you're just like, you've had enough, you can't, you need somebody else, but Right. It's kind of like what you're saying earlier. This might not be easy, but you got to do it sometimes. And right. Just having boundaries. So whether it is the dinner table or when you're at a restaurant, but yeah, you know, and it's okay to okay to slip up too, I guess sometimes too. It's like, we feel for bad. sure. I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to sound judgy or whatever, but like when we did, I mean, however many miles we, when we did the trip last summer, we just didn't, it would have been easy to let them play like games on their phone or whatever, which, which, you know, I love games also. So it's, but to just for that whole trip to just say, no, we're just going to listen to books. They, right when they got in the car, they would be like, my daughter would laugh and be like, Hey dad, I hear there's a good book playing. And so we listened to all these like spy kids books and whatever. And I like them too. So it was, and it was great. But then the three of us are doing something together instead of my son texting one of his friends and my daughter watching something that we have no idea what's going on or whatever. So I don't know. I just think you can. And if, if you can make that movement, and especially if you get a cool couple of cool kids on it, like where none of the cool kids are on Instagram or whatever, like it, I'm sure we would have been on it, you know, when I was, when I was that age, if they had that available, but I don't think anything good comes of it. So mm-hmm. it's in seventh grade of like putting pictures of yourself up and I don't know, it's just kind of narcissistic, yeah. especially at, at that age. So if you can somehow keep, and like I said, every, every, kids different. So some kids would definitely just go straight against that if you told them they couldn't. But fortunately, right now, anyway, mine are a yeah, little more pliable. So it's... Our, our road trips are a giant iPad fest. I hate to say it. And it, it rubs, it freaks me out a little, but I don't know what else to do. So, but maybe when they get you older, got little they, ones though, right? Uh, you know? right? Right. Right. I mean, it's all different at, at different ages yeah. or whatever, but 
Well, and it's a constant, you know. Look, none of us know what we're doing. Exactly. We're all just trying to figure it out, right? And right. A, a different book ever comes out every two months that says that we're all doing it wrong and we should be doing it a different way. So it's we're all doing the best we can. We're just trying to get through, and it's it's tough. I mean, it's a it's a struggle. I mean, if, if somebody tells you it's not a struggle, then I think they're either lying or I'm doing this wrong because it's a struggle. Or they're not trying hard enough, right? It's like it's supposed to be hard, I think. That's what I'm learning. I'm like, if, if the, you're making it this up too easy or you're never yelling at your kids or you're, you know, then you're probably not, not not as into it as you should be. Yeah, if you're not yelling at them, you're definitely not spending enough time with them, right? I mean, it's it's kids are tough or whatever, but it's it's an important job. And that's, yeah, it, it's just, an, it's an important job. I mean, it's, and so, yeah, you're right. You're going to be yelling at them. If it's, if you're, if you're with them enough, you're going to be yelling at them. So it's, I try to spend as much time cause I can see it. What's your oldest? Uh, almost seven, seven. So you, I mean, you're really just entering this, like this is going to be the best time or whatever. And I'll even set, I mean, this may sound totally corny, but I'll set alarms on my phone sometimes just to be like, all right, tomorrow at 10, if it's the weekend, say it's like Friday night, I'll set an alarm like Saturday at 10 because I know by that time I'll be like yelling at one of the kids and just to like chill out and take somebody on a bike ride or whatever because it it in the heat of it it's pretty tough right but really it's going by super super fast and I know those will be in college soon and then they'll and I won't be able to see them and hug them every day and it's um and I'll wish I had these days back so I want to make every one of these days as is as positive as I can you know I love it. That's good. The, the setting alarms is a great little hack too. We're on the phone. I, I mean, I just set one now to make sure I remember to pick them up at the bus stop soon, but right. Setting it that says we're going to the park now. Go. I like it. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, yeah, just set, I'll set one that just says no matter what's going on, start smiling and hugging these guys. And sometimes I don't need it. And sometimes I do, but I, I figure on a Friday um, night that by Saturday, it's sometime during that day, I'll be, I'll be yelling at somebody. So it's, uh, you got to remind yourself, you know, it's tough, but it's, um, it's worth it in the end. Right. Love it. Ike. I'm so glad we connected on your, on your birthday. So happy birthday. And, uh, thanks for being on the dad, the best I can show. Thanks, man. I appreciate having me. Thank you guys for listening to the dad, the best I can show. Go take five seconds, hop on over to dad, the best I can.com and sign up with your email to get weekly updates, dad tips in your mailbox. Get your questions answered on the show. That's dadthebestican.com. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Actually, five stars. We could do better than that. Brooks? Infinity. Infinity stars. Cameron, how many stars? Infinity thousand. Infinity thousand. You got to one-up them in this household. Thanks. See you.